Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have Mr. Johnny Crypto, Mario, the Node Defender, and Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, all joining us on this beautiful Monday. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Goldman Sachs' leading investment group is getting ready to buy Celsius. With a $2 billion bailout in the works, our group breaks down what this could mean for the entire crypto market. Crypto hedge funds are taking out hundreds of millions in U.S. tether shorts. Could this be the next major catalyst to collapse the digital asset space? Mark Zuckerberg states the metaverse will have billions of users by 2030, while Mars Inc., the creator of M&Ms, has filed for a number of new NFT uh, trademark applications. We show our listeners a Wells Fargo analysis on cryptocurrencies, breaking down how mass adoption is only getting started. And the SEC chair, Gary Gensler, had an interview with CNBC this morning, stating that Bitcoin is the only commodity in this market today. Jed McCaleb is running out of XRP, while BNB whales are accumulating at alarmingly high volume. And we show our listeners a number of videos from SEC officials regarding crypto regulation and exposing the game as we're preparing our community for the year of institutional adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So hello and welcome back on this beautiful Monday morning. Johnny Crypto, I see you've returned from paradise. It's only fitting that we start with you. How are you feeling on this Monday, my friend? Well, I think Mara could attest to this too. It might be feeling a little, a little cooked, a little, a little burnt maybe. But thank God for aloe vera. But uh, yeah, no. First of all, good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. It was a wonderful weekend. It was great. We missed you, Abs. Glad to see you're feeling better. But um, you know, glad to uh, see our brothers here, uh, Mario. Glad to see you're doing well. And Gonzo, you owe me a pair of pants because I'm still pissing my pants from your latest 
uh, <laughs> TikTok video. So I'll be looking. Nice pair of black shorts. That's oh, awesome. We'll kick it to the Nud Defender next. Mario, how was your weekend? I saw you join Johnny Crypto up there in Paradise. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Do you need aloe vera this morning? <laughs> Not this morning. I needed it yesterday. I did actually use some aloe vera. But first of all, good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to be back. It was a really was a nice weekend. It was relaxing. Um, got to enjoy a little bit of the sun, a little bit of Johnny Crypto. We had a really good time together. Very blessed. But um, happy to be here. Happy to be back on the show. That's amazing. Always happy to have you, Mario. And we're going to kick it to our newest TikTok star, the Gonzo, the Goliath. Welcome in, buddy. How are you feeling on this Monday? <laughs> I'm feeling great, Abs. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, uh, you guys, if you guys want to laugh, check it out. I'm still learning how to use TikTok and, and like social media. Everything matches up at the uh, Gonzo underscore 3T. So I, I, I saw these guys at the lake house and I got kind of a quick idea and I'm trying to learn how to use TikTok. So I posted something. So Check it out. Uh, I, I thought it was funny. I'm glad that Johnny liked it, but uh, definitely happy to be here with you guys and, and love you guys. That's awesome. we got so much amazing content for you guys today. We are definitely going to talk about Tether. We're going to talk about the SEC, and we're going to talk about Celsius being bailed out by Goldman Sachs after Goldman Sachs has spent the last decade telling people to avoid cryptocurrencies. But we're going to start off this thing the same way we always do, by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. At 3TGM Crypto on Twitter, we go live on Monday, we go live on Thursday. Me and Johnny Crypto will be live at 8 p.m. tonight, and I'm sure the whole team will be joining us, so very excited for that. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is sitting exactly where it's been for the past three months, still in extreme fear this morning, sitting at a 12, but we're going to hop into the total coin market cap, which actually crossed over $1 trillion this weekend, which was very exciting, but we've already retraced to $936 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is sitting at 42% dominance. Ethereum is 15%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $20,700 this morning. Ethereum just below $1,200. XRP has climbed up to the third largest market cap, $0.35. Cents. Cardano, $0.49. Cents. Solana, $38. AVAX, almost $20. Bucks. We've got Stellar at $0.11. Cents and Hedera Hashgraph still at $0.07 cents down here. Great buying opportunities all across the board. Before we hop into our news for today, I would love to hear from our group. Gonzo, let's start with you. Tons of market uncertainty, tons of people thinking we're going to continue bearish. And with this tether news on the horizon, it could be the next major collapse that takes us to those scary levels we've been talking about now for a few months, 17,000, 15,000, 12,500, the levels that people are sitting on the sidelines waiting for that buying opportunity. What are some of your thoughts on tether? I know we're going to dive into this. Could this be the collapse that causes us to go way below where we've been before? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, right? Um we're seeing the after effects of what happened with Terra Luna and then just the over leverage in the market as a contagion, right? In the DeFi space. And that's what's brought us down. So just imagine, and I'm trying to spend FUD. I'm just saying like, imagine like all the exchanges, the trading pairs are with USDT, right? We think there's going to be a transition to USDC, but that hasn't happened yet. Right. USDC still has a long way to go to catch up to where USDT is. Right. Um, and so, They've survived so far, and it seems like we talked about this before, that FUD has surrounded them from the very beginning, and it feels like they've been faking it since the beginning, but they've been making money and they've been covering themselves. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but definitely, if we lose USDT, uh, this market is coming way, way down. But to me, all I see is opportunity. That's nothing to get freaked out about. That's nothing to get scared about. Like those will be the prices um, that uh, th when they talk about generational bottoms, we're going to see a generational bottom, right? 
And when we talk about markets as a whole, you look at it from a macro standpoint, I had a really interesting conversation with somebody who was just getting involved with crypto. And they said that they feel so comfortable right now buying and sitting on these assets for four years because of where they were just six months ago, right? If you look at any other market and how it operates, whenever you get an 80% pullback and something that's sustainable, well, of course, it's a buying opportunity. What we're showing on the screen now is that things are getting very interesting for the Bitcoin price chart. If Bitcoin does not close the June, the June monthly candle above the 200 weekly moving average, that would be the first time that has ever happened in Bitcoin's entire history, Johnny Crypto. What does this chart indica indicate to you and what are you expecting from the entire markets? We're going to talk about Tether, so we'll break that down in just a couple of minutes. But are you impending another massive collapse? Is there going to be another major move down in this bearish price action? Eh, you know, I mean, I don't got a crystal ball over here, so I, I don't have a clue on that one. But here's what I here's what catches my eye when I look at this chart real quick, Abs, and if you've got a closer version of it. Count how many blue, dark blue dots. There we go. How many dark blue dots did we get back in 2019? What was it about six? One, two, three, four, five, six. Then back in 2015, how many blue dots did we see there? Maybe about 10, 15. Um, and how, what's the time scale on this? So each dot is what, about a month? Yep. So when you look at this, take so what 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 I see instantly is I see every time we come down, there's at least five, six blue dots, if not more. And what do I see now? One. <laughs> so what it tells me is we have many more blue dots to come. So I feel like we're going to be hugging this line for a while because um, you're not just going to get one blue dot and bounce off. I think it's going to hang out in this zone for it has to. I mean, look at look in the, in the history anyway. But well, what's exciting here, Johnny, is that every single time we've touched that liner support, we've used it as a support. We've never dipped below. So if we are going to create some of these darker blue dots, it does seem like this is the time to do so. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. Yeah, I did. The only thing I would say is if it wasn't for the tether news looming out there, I would say we're probably going to get a bunch of blue dots along this, this trend line. However, I would caveat that by saying if tether crashes or collapses, <coughs> we're going below it. How far below? I don't know. But we're definitely, I think we're going to dip below it. And that would probably then truly mark the bottom. That would be the ultimate worst news that could happen, I think, in my opinion. Unless if you guys can think of anything else worse. But I think Tether collapsing where it's the main pair to most of these cryptocurrencies, I think would be a big scare. We would get that bottom and then it would be, then it would be, that would be exciting time. So make sure you guys save some gunpowder for uh, in case Tether you, you know, Abs, you brought up an interesting point about the monthly close, but we've already done something that we've never done before. That weekly close that we got, it's below the 200-week uh, wow. moving average, right? And that's never happened before. And again, we're not trying to spread FUD or scare people. Like, th these kind of things are going to happen, right? Uh, it never happens until it happens, right? And so it's never happened before. So now we have to see in the weekly how that works, right? Are we going to get rejected or are we going to break right through? Usually when Bitcoin has dropped down uh, below the weekly moving average, we've never closed below it. We've always kind of come back up and we close back on top of it. Like Johnny's saying, it's always been an avenue of support. But, you know, we're still early on. You know, we'll see what happens so far like that weekly close. And it'll be something to pay attention to. We're getting close to the month. The 28th uh, is the new moon. It's usually our cycle, uh, cycle top, micro cycle top. But, uh, you know, at some point we do have to get some relief, right? And I think that's kind of what we're moving towards. A big level is 22.5. If we can get past 22.5 and then we'll go on to the next. But we'll see how this tether news 
And it's, I feel like it's nothing different, right? Doesn't it feel like there's always something surrounding Tether, right? Throughout its history, there's always something. So we'll see how it plays out. And I'd love to hear from Mario here because that's exactly what we were talking about before Stream Gonzo is the fact that when I entered this market almost three years ago at this point, Tether collapsing was one of the conversations that was being had on crypto Twitter. Here we are nearly 36 months later and it's the exact same conversations, but it seems like it's more impactful than ever. This Tether news, I think they're either going to start showing their holdings and, and proving that they're real or they're going to collapse. And a lot of crypto hedge funds are betting on the collapse taking place. But we have 190 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. And if you guys are looking for a more deeper fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is with our team at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. You get access to every single one of us, including Coach JV. He does weekly portfolio updates. And we hold a number of weekly calls where you get an opportunity to ask questions and really dive into this market. But Mario, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on Tether before we continue into our articles. Yeah, well, the contrarian opinion is that uh, Johnny mentioned it the other day is that potentially everything is fine and, and they're going to come out and say that, hey, look, we're back. Everything's good. There's no reason to be afraid. But the the tether the tether scenario is something that's been around. It's been lingering the crypto market already for many years and it could really be it could really be a massive collapse. I mean, we've heard we've heard Kevin O'Leary call for a big player that's in big trouble. Could that be it? We don't know, um, but um, but I, I don't know. I mean, we know that the Terra Luna at the end, like I'm thinking the Terra Luna collapse was a little bit different because we know the Terra, the Terra Luna UST was backed by Bitcoin. It was a it was a a different kind of stablecoin. It was an algorithmic stablecoin. So that created a a crash within the Bitcoin price. I don't think the Tether collapse would cause a, same, a similar collapse in the Bitcoin price. It would certainly flush out a whole bunch of money out of the crypto market because we can see how much money is in Tether alone. And it's going to create a lot of fear within the crypto market for sure. It just might be a different kind of, um, I'm, I'm thinking here, it might be a different kind of collapse as far as Bitcoin is concerned or a different kind of effect on Bitcoin. And that's what we're preparing for here. But it is very interesting to see so many crypto hedge funds are getting highly leveraged on shorts against Tether. But we're going to dive into that later in the episode because we're going to start this thing off with our first article for today is actually on Goldman Sachs. So Goldman Sachs leading investment group is planning to buy Celsius assets with a $2 billion in commitments from investors. They're planning on taking over a lot of the assets that they've been purchasing for the past two years. Goldman Sachs is looking to raise $2 billion from investors to buy up distressed assets from a troubled crypto lender, Celsius. The proposed deal would allow for investors to buy Celsius assets at a potentially massive discount in the event of a bankruptcy filing. Celsius, which has more than $8 billion lent out to clients and $12 billion in assets under management as of May, abruptly announced on June 12th that it would stop allowing people to withdraw from its platform due to the extreme market conditions. The, the disclosure exacerbated those conditions, briefly sending Bitcoin's price below the $20,000 mark. And this is exactly what we were talking about with Tether. If we are going to get a stablecoin collapse, it's undoubtable that there's going to be major price action correlated with that. Gonzo, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Goldman Sachs potentially buying these assets at a discount price when they've been one of the most prominent uh, industry leaders speaking out against cryptocurrencies. Uh, it seems like, you know, they're finally getting it with the times. Uh, and there was a story that I was kind of reading over the weekend about the founder of Celsius, Alex, right? And how um, he was very vocal, like how he wanted to be a bank. And I guess he came from the telecommunications world, right? And he basically was one of the inventors of voice, uh, uh, voice IP, like the internet phones that we use now, right? Wh whatever the standard is now, 
he, he created that, right? And in that, he uh, dissolved or a lot of companies went to zero because of him. So there's a lot of talk and uh, it's just a story. It was very interesting. I don't know how factual it is, right? But that he made a lot of enemies, right? And that this is their payback, right? That, but shame on him for, for exposing himself, right? And getting over leveraged. And these guys, that's all they are. They're like sharks, right? The financial legacy system is like a bunch of sharks. And he showed weakness and they pounced, right? And so the people that are left in the wake are the people that, you know, in, that put their money on Celsius and put their trust. And that's why we say it's always a good idea to diversify. Don't put all your money onto one platform, right? Um, we say read the terms of service. I'm guilty of it too, right? Um, but I, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine because, you know, he was talking to me about how crypto is a scam or, or that, you know, he brought up the Celsius thing, even though he doesn't know much about it. But I was like, that's no different than the banks, right? On the bank run in 2013 in Cyprus, right? When you, when you, when you set up your bank accounts, the only money that's insured is the, is the insured money, right? And, and maybe for me and you, because we don't have millions of dollars, we're going to get our money back. But the millionaires, they're going to get liquidated, right? And so that's really no different than the banks on what happened at Celsius, right? They just got over leveraged. Uh, and these guys are just going to pounce on it, right? And the people that were left in the wake are, are unfortunately, you know, the 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 retail investors that uh, you know put all their money uh, into Celsius. So I, I guess it's like kind of a learning lesson for all of us to just make sure that you diversify. Don't put all your crypto onto one platform, one exchange in one area in case something like that happens. You're not completely wiped out, you know, and you can still recover. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to go to you here because there's two things that seem to be more prevalent than ever. One, I don't trust centralized exchanges. And two, institutions are more confident than ever in cryptocurrencies. But we got 251 live listeners. Do us a favor and smash that like button. Let the algorithm pump this video out to as many people as possible while Johnny Crypto breaks this down. Johnny Crypto, the floor is yours. This is exactly how lion, rat, snake, weasels work. What have I been telling you for years, right? So first of all, they're telling you it's no good. And now all of a sudden they're buying. I mean, it's no surprise at all. This is exactly what I expect. It's exactly the narratives they're going to play. This is how they do it. They have to, you know, make you think that whatever they're getting into, they don't want everybody else getting into it at the same time. So it makes perfect sense why they have to fud you out of something or fud you into something. It's all you have to think. You just have to change your mindset. When you're being fudded out of something, it's because they're going into it. And when you're being pumped into something, it's because they're getting out of it. It's that simple. And and so we'll see now what this means in the uh, everybody asking for rat snake weasel merchant. We're gonna work on that. We gotta we're work. We're, we're gonna figure something out there. But um, anyway, this to me, abs is just exactly. You're seeing the blueprint of how they work, how they do things. And so at this point, it's probably great. You know, I'll be honest with you. I actually hope they do buy it. Um, by Celsius and, and only for the sake of everybody who's got their money stuck in there, all the retailers that are hurt right now, I hope that they come and buy it and they hold that the asset value up so people can <clears throat> at least get their money out or maybe even make some money. So I'm praying for that purpose alone. I want to see that happen. Mario. And what know, are, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say something real quick. So I was reading some of the comments we understand, but even though it's like, it feels nefarious, this is the natural cycle of markets, right? This is what happens. You get over leveraged and the bear market exposes all. And, and, and that's what we're going to see. We're getting all that over leverage being purged out of the system so that we can reset and then move up. So it's kind of the natural cycle of markets. 
Exactly. And what I was going to say, Gonzo, is that what's exciting about this bear market is nobody's questioning whether these assets are here to stay. Anybody who was even tapering or barely even messing with cryptocurrencies in 2017 remembers that every single news article was that this stuff, it's not going to be accepted by governments. It's never going to be adopted by banks. Why would the government ever give control of their monetary system over to a decentralized system? So there are so many red flags there, but right now it's the actually, it's the, it's the total opposite. All we're experiencing is bearish price action while institutions like Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, um, JP Morgan, well, they're buying these assets at a discount price and they're allowing their wealthy investors to start purchasing these assets through their custodial wallets. I think we're only going to see more and more adoption like that going forward. And that's going to lead to higher and higher levels of floors. So there's going to be more and more money in this market. There's going to be less, um, less range for these prices to drop. They're going to create higher levels of support is what I'm trying to say. But Mario, I'd love to kick it to you here. Yeah, well, that's spot on abs. I mean, we've seen the rejection. We've seen the resistance we've had to the crypto market over the years. Now we're going through the adoption phase. I'm sorry, we're going through the regulation phase, but we're starting to hear a lot of the regulation talks from governments and stuff. And that's a perfect example of, of a big financial institution that used to say that Bitcoin is, is a fraud. Bitcoin is not real. It doesn't have any value. It's going to go to zero. And now we're seeing that they're actually going to be bailing out Celsius and they're actually, I mean, why would they do that if they didn't believe in the asset? But I mean, I get it. It's, it's normal. The, the asset matured, it, it's gained its, uh, its position in the market. So now they're, they're coming out and saying that they believe in it because now is the right time for them to say that. So we're going to, we're going to continue to see this throughout the, the years to come. We're going to continue seeing, you know, the narratives, oh, it's don't buy Bitcoin or don't buy Ethereum and, the list goes on. It's not. This is not just about Bitcoin. It's not just about Ethereum. The list is, is going to go on. And then they're going to be doing the complete opposite in the background. So you want to try and see what are they doing in the background? Because what they're telling you is most likely not what, what, we're do, what they're doing. Exactly. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do, Johnny Crypto. We've been talking about this game for quite a while. And honestly, nothing has changed. It's just that we have the internet. We have the opportunity to get a hold of this information and now use it to our advantage. But I'd love for you to draw some comparisons right now but, but around what you went through, not only in 2008, but during the internet bubble. And are there any correlations right now? Or what are some of the things that are just different? Why don't you compare the two markets? Well, <clears throat> when we had when yeah, so this is a great question. So when they spilt, sent up the housing market bubble, they created so much liquidity into it, which drove up, you know, so much of the market prices to the point that these things were beyond their valuation, way beyond valuation, right? And then what happens is once they um, pump markets beyond the, the max that they can, they pull the liquidity from it, and that sends the whole thing into a crowd. You're seeing the same exact thing here. You're, you're printing a shit ton of money. That money had to go somewhere. In this case, it went into the stock market and it went into the um, crypto market. Actually, now you're actually seeing it flood into the overflows going actually into the housing market right now. Housing, you can't even buy them. People are getting outbidded like crazy. And so you're going to see the same thing. And now, and now you see the liquidity pull, but it's all planned. The whole entire thing is planned. You know, Gonzo talked earlier about... Um, beer markets and bull markets. That's because they create that. <laughs> it's all in their control. They control it by the amount of liquidity they either send into the market or pull out of the market. And that's going to drive a lot of that stuff. And they control a lot of these narratives too that you hear. So in that market, it's literally the same exact thing is going to happen. But before it was a housing market bubble. Now you're going to see like a stock market slash, you know, uh, crypto market bubble. And we already seen the crash happen in 
crypto. Now the question is in the stock market, will it continue to go further down? Because <clears throat> we still don't have the end of this war. That's looming over our heads. We have a food shortage looming over our heads and we have a housing crash that's going to be coming soon. There's still a lot of bad news that could take the stock market down. So it's going to be interesting to see how much lower we, we drop. But coming out of that is what you want to look for, Abs. So coming out of the 2008 crash, we had the birth of Bitcoin. Now, coming out of this crash, we're going to get the birth of probably CBDCs. So it's going to be very, very interesting. But you can just see each one of these market bubbles or crashes has led to problem reaction solution. And I think I think that's what we're going to see. CBDCs will be the next birth coming out of this one. That's very true, Johnny. I didn't even put that together, that the fact that this crash is going to cause not only regulation, but central bank digital currencies to be brought in all of these countries, whether it's England, the United States, Singapore, the list goes on and on. But every single one of these major economies is working on a CBDC, and we're on the precipice of those being implemented and tons of the currencies that we've been betting on. Well, hopefully they start being uh, fully implemented. But we're going to hop into our first article for today, which is that crypto hedge funds are shorting Tether at an alarmingly high rate. The positions are worth at least hundreds of millions of dollars in notional value, and this could be very concerning. So crypto hedge funds are increasingly shorting the U.S. dollar peg stablecoin U.S. Tether in the amid of a bleak market outlook for nearly a month after the implosion of Terra. There has been a real spike in the interest from traditional hedge funds who are taking a look at Tether and saying it's best to short this asset. Genesis is one of the companies that took out an increasingly large short position after a multi-billion dollar implosion of UST. Some funds are shorting USDT as a bet on the broader economy as the U.S. Federal Reserve raised rates to curb with 40-year inflation. Stablecoins like Tether are backed by fiat currencies and equivalent asset investments such as commercial paper. Bank deposits, bonds, golds, cryptocurrencies are some of these assets. But a lot of people believe that because Tether hasn't disclosed what they're holding to back their currency, well, they don't have the necessary assets to back their currency. In June, Tether said that there were rumors of 85% of their portfolio value coming from Chinese or Asian commercial paper. Well, those rumors turned out to be completely false. And a Tether spokesperson came out and said that there's been a clever scheme to raise capital from the less knowledgeable investors in this space, leveraging the disinformation around the Tether project. So ever since I've entered the crypto space, there's been tons of uncertainty about the impending collapse of Tether. And one of the ways that people are preparing for it is, well, by shorting the currency. So a lot of these crypto hedge funds are taking out shorts against Tether. I will not be doing that. These rumors have been circulating for years and years and years. And I do think it's only a matter of time before we get full disclosure on what this currency is backed by. But I'd love to hear from our group. Why don't we start with the node defender here, Mario? What catches your attention about this Tether collapse? And is this all just rumors and speculation to scare people like us away from the market? Or is there legit merit to these to these criticisms? Well, typically where there's smoke, there's fire. So I don't want to dismiss any, any accusations or any rumors that Tether may not 100% be backed. It's just that it's been going on for so long that I feel like at this point, something should have already happened. We covered a we covered an article, I think it was last week, where it showed that they're going to be doing an audit with one of the top 12 auditing firms, if I'm not mistaken. mistaken. So, I mean, that's a step in the right direction in order to provide clarity for, for people. I just think that if something was going to happen, it should have happened by now. I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, but, but again, if there's smoke, there's fire. So we'll see what happens, but it could be, it could be a catalyst for the crypto market. I would rather we just get it over with. I would rather it just, if, if that's what it's, what's happening, just make, you know, for it to happen, get it over with, we can move on. But, um, 
But I don't know. I think I'm going to take Johnny's side on this one. I think I'm going to take Johnny's side and say, I don't think anything is going to come out of it. I think that they are going to, probably they weren't being fully backed. Now they fixed it. They are fixing their issues. And now they're going to come out and say uh, that audit is going to come out and say that everything is good. But I don't know. I would love to hear from Gonzo here because Gonzo brought up something so important, which is that there's always going to be this catalyst for collapse on the horizon, right? Whether it was C-19, then it was the war in Ukraine, then it was the stablecoin crisis. I guarantee there's going to be a cyber attack. There's going to be another virus down the line at some point. So there's always going to be this narrative that these markets are going to plummet. But then you zoom out and you look at what these markets have done over the past 100 years, and they've just been in a constant uptrend. Every single recession was a buying opportunity. And honestly, nothing is different right now. Every single thing about this system is operating the exact same way, except digital assets have now been brought into the picture. What does this article say to you, Gonzo? And are there safer alternatives if you did want to use a stablecoin? Um, so first of all, you know, what, what we're seeing isn't specific to the crypto market, right? If you, I love history. So if you look back, at like what Johnny commented on the, the dot-com bubble, the housing market, the bank run, the all these things, right? They're all, um, it's all the same thing, right? It's all a stress test of the system, right? And, and in the bear market, everything gets exposed and those that collapse get either absorbed or they go away and the strong rises to the top. And that's what we're seeing. As far as the tether thing, it's a stress test. That's the way I'm looking at it, right? And obviously, either two things are going to happen. This thing's going to collapse or it's going to continue to prove itself. But it seems like it ever since its existence, it's had that fight around it, that story. And, and, and I tend to lean, um, like Mario said, that I think at the beginning, they were faking it, right? They didn't have what they, what they claimed they had backing it and it wasn't as strong, but they didn't need it to be, right? And as they've made money, They've been able to acquire things and back themselves up, right? And so we just have to see if they've been able to back themselves up enough to survive this because these guys, these sharks, they're going to test the system and we're going to see what happens, right? Uh, what was the other part of your question? Some of the other alternatives that stable coins that might be safer, oh. because I know for me personally, I'm using USDC because I cannot trust a lot of the things that are going on here. I don't think Tether, and listen, Totally guessing. If you put me on a lie detector, I have no idea. If I had to guess, I'd say Tether's here to stay, but I still don't trust it enough to put my own money into there. Floor is yours, Gonzo. Yeah, it seems like USDC is the chosen one, right? That's the, the one for one. Um, and uh, again, it seems too obvious for them to uh, collapse Tether because we always know that they do something like on the backside that we don't expect. So we're just going to have to follow and see what happens. But it feels like, or it seems like USDC is the chosen one. So if Tether does collapse, USDC will rise to the top, right? It'll be the one that's left. And then you're going to, you better bet that regulation is coming in right after that, right? Because we lost Terra Luna. If we lose USDT, you better bet that the first thing they're going to do is start regulating stable coins. That's the first thing that's going to roll out. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, They've staked a lot of things on Tether. It would make sense to crash Tether if I were them, but <clears throat> they're also telling you they're going to do it, and they don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So um, the thing that has me worried is when you read this, this isn't saying retailers are shorting Tether. This is saying hedge funds. The hedge funds is the smart money. The fed hedge funds have the connections. If they're shorting it, Tether's going further down. 
There's no question about it. Now, is it going to crash? No, maybe not. But will it depeg and maybe drop 30 points and they make a shit ton of money? And then they come out and say, hey, guess what? The audit came out. Everything's great. When that news comes out, buy the room sell news kind of thing, they're going to flip it. Though All the shorts will be out by then. All the dumbass retailers are going to be in shorting it. And then they're going to get wiped out when the audit news comes out. If I had a bet, that's what I would guess is going to happen. But now we got a game plan. Let's see what happens. 100%. We got 300 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. And if you like Johnny Crypto's takes, do us a favor and click it two more times because he always brings the heat this morning. But I want to go back to you, Johnny Crypto, because you said something interesting, which is that you think this is a classic example of what many would call 3D chess, where they're telling us that we should be prepared for bearish news when actually this is a classic mix, misdirection. Why don't you elaborate a little bit on that more and then we'll continue to our next article. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things where if you've got big boys climbing into this money, climbing in right now, this is the right time to short, right? Because they, they got they probably already shorted. Now they send out the news. Oh my God, Teller's gonna collapse. Everybody's gonna panic and sell it. It's gonna drop further. They cover their short buying right before the audit news that comes out that says, Hey, Teller's great. Everything's backed here, everything looks great, right? <clears throat> and now all those people who followed in and started to short the bottom. Because that's what they'll do. They'll set the bottom. <laughs> They're going to get wiped out. Because the minute news comes out that tether's good, now you start to see the tether pegging go back up again. So that's one scenario. The other scenario is they just use tether, as Gonzo said, to crack, wipe everything out and bring in regulation. But we already know they kind of did that with UST. So I don't know. I don't know if they need to do that again. They've already got the regulation ball rolling at this point. So for me, it's just going to be one of those things where. I think they're going to rug pull a bunch of retailers on this. They, I said this the other day, apps. Tether is their printing press. This is what they use to pump up and print free money, and they go buy a shit ton of Bitcoin and other stuff. I would be shocked if they blow up their own boat or on their own house. It just, I shouldn't use boat. That's a bad word. I'd be surprised if they blow up their own house. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I totally agree with you, Johnny. And we're going to hop into our next article for today, which is an XRP-related article, as we have Jed McCaleb, now only has 114 million XRP left. Anybody who doesn't know who Jed McCaleb is, well, that probably sounds like a lot. When you take into the fact that he had 8 billion XRP to begin with just five years ago, well, he's dumping very quickly. The Ripple co-founder and now formal CTO has less than 114 million XRP left in his wallet. He was given 8 billion XRP tokens for his work in creating and starting OpenCoin, which was eventually renamed to Ripple, even though he left the company in 2014 to focus on Stellar, which is XLM. It's anticipated that he's going to totally run out of his XRP in 28 to 30 days, depending on how quickly he, sends, he sells this amount. What's exciting about this is we're getting rid of a lot of the selling pressure that's in this market. I'd love to hear some comments from Gonzo. I know this isn't groundbreaking news, but anybody who's been an XRP investor for a while knows that Jed McCaleb selling XRP, well, quite frankly, that's been a headline for five years now. So the fact that he's going to be running out of XRP here, removing a lot of that selling pressure and getting rid of this narrative gets me a little excited. What's going through your mind, Gonzo? You know what? It'll just be nice to move on to the next phase. Because like you said, we've been talking about this for five years and the sell pressure and all that. And how um, you know um, XRP is um, highly repressed. So it, it just like when we get resolution with the SEC, it'll be nice for those of us and and you guys have been in way longer than I have. But just to get that resolution and to move on to the next phases, right? Um, that that'll be a good thing. Uh, but yeah, it'll be it'll be nice for him to finally be done. Uh, and, and then, like you said, uh, we won't see. Um, 
we won't get the FUD of all the like sell pressure that, that that's happening to it. A lot of people ask Gonzo, why would somebody be selling their XRP at a 30% price? I mean, I mean a 30 cent price, right? Like just a few months ago, we were at a dollar 40 a year ago. We were at a dollar 90. Why is he selling a hundred million XRP when it's only 30 cents right now? Wouldn't it make more sense to hold for the long term? Cause he's got billions of dollars, right? It was an 8 billion XRP. Is that what it was? So when you have that much money, like, what does he care? He's just probably just trying to get the money. I know I would like if I had 8 billion, right? Whether it's 30 cents, a dollar or whatever, I just want my money and sell out of it. Right. Um, I, I mean, he, there was that short period of time where he kind of stopped for a little while. Right. Uh, but you know, may, he understands maybe market dynamics and where we're still, uh, you know, till next year to get resolution from the SEC and maybe, uh, you know, to the having of Bitcoin, we're still 2024 and that kind of moves the cycle. Again, we're not Bitcoin maxis. It's just how the cycles work. And, and he wants his money. I'd want my money too. I mean, at that point, it's 8 billion. You know, he's getting millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, why not? Yeah. And he hasn't been trying to play the market at all. Somebody actually brought up that it's in the contract he signed. He must sell a certain amount every single month. So I think he's just abiding by the rules. But what does get me excited, right, is that the selling pressure is going away. And I want to focus on that because 8 billion XRP is how much this man has come into his wallet and he's deposited it into the open market. I mean, that is one of the largest portfolios to allocate towards XRP, I think, to ever exist. But Johnny Crypto, why don't you expose the game a little bit here? Why is Jed McCaleb not being sued by the SEC, but also why is he continuing to dump when prices are so low? This has always been <clears throat> the most fascinating story to me since I've been in crypto. As I researched this in the beginning and found out that the whole reason why they split was because of his girlfriend. His girlfriend worked at the company. They She wanted to go one direction and Brad and, and Chris wanted another. And this guy, Jeb, got pissed off and he left. And what I found fascinating was <clears throat> when he left in 2014, if I'm correct, the SEC is suing XRP for what they did in 2013. So I've always questioned, why is Jeb not part of that lawsuit? Why is he not involved? He got a free ride because my man must be connected with somebody. He knows somebody. So he got a free ride. He got a shit ton of XRP. It doesn't matter whether he sells it at 10, 20, or 8 cents because it's all free for him. It's all profit at the end of the day. So now, the one thing that I would question is if he knows – that the lawsuit's going to be settled soon. And he knows that <clears throat> obviously when that happens, that's going to be good news. Why isn't he holding on to some of it? Now, I don't know if by their setup, I know he can only sell so much per month so he can't kill the price. And he gets so much per month. He was getting so much per month and he can only sell so much per month. So the two questions I have is one, is he finally done receiving all of his XRP? Has he finally got his full $8 billion? Or are we just seeing what's remaining of the $4 billion he received already? We need to find that out if he's got it all. And if he did get it all and this is all he has left, then thank freaking God that we're finally at the end of it. Because I've been hearing about this for two years. Jeb's got this much left. Jeb, he's always got a shit ton of coin left. So I hope that he's got – I hope he received all $8 billion, And I hope this is the final remaining amount of that $8 because then we're finally close to the end of this guy dumping it.
Hey, in ancient Rome, wars were fought over women, and it appears that the finance industry, there's nothing different here. Classic example of a girlfriend just no causing, <laughs> causing conflict between the group. But that's a hilarious story, and it does show how human these people are, right? They deal with a lot of the same issues we do. And the fact that in a world of 7 billion people, a single girl was able to break up something like this, it's very, very interesting. We got 323 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. And if you're looking for a more deeper fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is with our team at the 3T Warrior Academy. You get access to every single one of us, including Coach JV. We're going to listen to Mario break down this XRP news here. So no defender, the floor is yours. Yeah, I think I, I don't think that his tackle stand, as he calls it, I don't think that his tackle stand really is going to give the relief people are hoping for once he's done selling. Um, I think the catalyst for, for upwards price action for XRP is going to be whenever the SEC case gets some sort of resolution, you know, whether it's a settlement or a win for Ripple, or I don't think it's going to be a loss. I've already said that many times here on the show, but I think that's what's going to be the catalyst. It's the clarity for the retail investors to know that, hey, you can go and buy your XRP back again on Coinbase, on KuCoin. Sorry, KuCoin is available on Kraken. That's that. That's when I think that we will get the upwards price action for XRP. But as far as Jed McCaleb's selling of his tackle stand i don't think that yes of course selling pressure but due to the limitations that he has on the selling i mean price suppression on xrp is serious we've seen price the the xrp market cap consistently be within the top 10 and we've we've not seen xrp really make much much moves it's still sitting at number seven market cap if we take out the 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 stable coins it's number five I just don't think that the, the McCaleb selling is really going to set set the uh, precedent for, for upper price action. That's just my opinion. I actually agree, and I don't think the volume's high enough to do that for us. But it is exciting that somebody with so much XRP is going to be done dumping on the market. This is exactly what our next article is about. $18 million worth of XRP is now being controlled by the largest BSC whales in the market. So what's very interesting is that according to whale stats, the top 500 BSC whales well, they're currently holding XRP valued around $18 million in total market cap. It's the fourth largest currency they're holding. And a couple other notable currencies on this list are ADA, Polkadot, and Dogecoin is at the bottom of this list. So I'm not going to use this as a huge analysis about where this market is going and do these people know something we don't know. But it does look like that XRP is in an ideal accumulation opportunity sitting at that 30 cent range. Gonzo, why don't you give us some closing thoughts here? Yeah, you know, it, it makes sense, right? So we know that when cryptos get listed in major exchanges, we get a price pump. So it could be just as simple because remember, these guys are whales. So we're talking millions, right? If not sometimes billions, right? And so they only need a little bit of price movement to make um, a shit ton of money, right? And so you could already, you, you, we, we see this all the time with different cryptos, right? Like Casper, right? Shout out to Neil Blair who uh, uh, reached out on, on our Discord and uh, Casper is being listed on KuCoin. So if you look, uh, Casper's had kind of a price pump. I think it's up 20, 30%, right? Because KuCoin's kind of a major exchange. So you could just imagine once the SEC lawsuit is over with, the kind of price appreciation we're going to get just by the mere listing of all the exchanges that used to list it before, um, list it again, right? Because right now that's the, we know, like you guys know this, you guys are in the academy with me. That's one of like the number one top questions that we get all the time. Where do I buy XRP? Where do I buy XRP, right? And we always tell them. KuCoin, BitTrue, and then Uphold, right? But imagine when it gets listed back on all the major exchanges, again, the price appreciation that we get just for that event, right? And so it could be something just as simple as that. 
Yes, and we did have a quick question I wanted to address here. Blake Williamson said, does the SEC, does that mean that the SEC is going to go after XLM once the Ripple XRP case is concluded? I'd love to hear from Johnny Crypto. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. Yeah, well, for, first of all, I, I think the guy is connected, so I don't think they will. But, you know, people asked in the, uh, <coughs> in the uh, I think because we're such XRP supporters here, people want to know who it is. So I don't know if you guys can see the screen. Can you guys see the screen there? Yes. Yeah, so that's that's the woman that broke up XRP or broke up Ripple, I should say. So if you guys are all wondering who it is, that's uh, uh, that was his girlfriend at the time, Joyce Kim, and I believe they're still dating. But hopefully, that no longer sharing that. But that's it, guys. There's the one that somebody in the in the crew in the in the audience asked. So you ask and we deliver. That's uh, the woman that the famous woman. That's the Helen of Ripple. That's the $8 billion woman right there. And we're showing you guys something very, very interesting next. So this weekend, I actually went deep diving on the Wells Fargo Advisory Board's website, right? And I came across this document. It's called Cryptocurrencies, Understanding at a Deeper Level. What this chart is showing us here is the adoption of the internet and how it took place during the early 2000s as well as the late 90s. And they're comparing that to exactly what cryptocurrency is going through now. They're saying that we're sitting in 1999 and look at what happened to this line right after 1999. We went into about a 20-year bull market for this industry and I think that's exactly what's going to take place over these next 20 years for crypto. But what was so important and what caught my attention, it wasn't actually this graphic. It was the comment that they made below this. So another support for cryptocurrency adoption to accelerate is the recent regulatory progress that we've experienced. As we've discussed in earlier publications, cryptocurrencies have matured to the point where legal oversight and frameworks are being drawn to solidify cryptocurrencies as investable assets. And that's what we talk about every single day on this channel. As there's more and more regulation built around this asset class, larger and larger players are going to continue to flood into the market. And that's what Wells Fargo is telling their accredited investors here Really hope you guys appreciate this information. Took me a few hours to find, but it was very reassuring about 2023 being the year of institutional adoption. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. Abs, this is why I don't sleep at night. This is why I'm excited. Not because not I'm nervous, because I'm excited. This is why I'm in crypto. That I'm so glad you found that chart because I've lived, I lived that chart, right? So I'm old enough and I went through that. I felt it. I was just young at the time and didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I was buying Amazon at 17 and selling it at 27 like a moron, you know, back into whatever, 2001 or two. Had I held it, you know, I might not be on the show because maybe I'd be sitting on an island somewhere. But the point <laughs> is, the point is, this is what I believe, and I could be wrong, but look at the little dotted line. This is what I believe the cryptocurrency or blockchain, I should say blockchain market, is going to do. I believe the same exact thing is coming and that's why I'm super excited. Well, I'm heavily invested in crypto. I got my family in crypto, invested in crypto, my friends, everybody. So if it doesn't happen, I'm going to get my ass kicked. But uh, but this is partly why I'm super excited and why I have been saying from day one since I've been on the show that regulation is the key. It's it. Regul and I wish we could actually plot the date regulation happened on this chart. And then you would probably see you know, in relation to where it took off. So if we can figure that out, we should do that. And it would be cool to see like, okay, here's where regulation came in and boom, that's when it took off because I really, really, really believe the same exact thing is coming. And, and I'm sure everybody in this room feels the same way and everybody listening here feels the same way. And that's why you're all here. This is why you should be excited. Mario, I love what this gets me thinking, right? 
everybody in the early 2000s was talking about how the internet bubble was possibly a fad. And we're seeing the exact same thing happen with cryptocurrencies. But look at what the market did over a 25-year period. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the adoption of cryptocurrencies was not only larger, but faster than the internet bubble took place because the framework is built out. Now we just need to roll people into these existing systems. And I think that's one of the easiest things to do in this market. So Mario, the floor is yours. Yeah, there is no doubt that adoption is taking place. There's no doubt that the adoption is is really going to be a key thing moving forward uh, for the next few years, especially with, with what Johnny just said, with regulation being the key. Regulation does need to come in. It's it's way overdue in my opinion, and it's a good thing. A lot of people are like, "Oh, what you know, regulation? I can't, I can't imagine what it's going to do for the crypto space in in a negative way." But I really think it needs to be looked at for as a positive because it's going to give clarity to a lot of cryptocurrencies. Is going to get rid of a lot of bad players. People won't lose as much money because players will, uh, people with bad intentions will will have a harder time getting into the space. So there's a lot of there's a lot of positives, and I think that the adoption is just getting started. And we see a lot of things like PayPal and and other big players in the space leading this in leading this adoption, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, we saw. I mean, with with the internet, we saw a lot of headlines, you know, stating that the internet was not going to get anywhere, even with VoIP. Uh, VoIP, which is voice over IP, when it started coming about where you could make phone calls using the internet, people said that was not going to be, that was not going to go anywhere. The traditional phones, phone uh, providers, they fought against it. And we, we all use VoIP these days. I mean, everybody uses WhatsApp. Everybody uses Messenger. Every time you're making a phone call using the internet, you're, you're essentially using the VoIP system. So it's inevitable. The crypto is here to stay. It, within the gaming the gaming space is just it's going to be massive i can see crypto being massive in in the gaming space and um and yeah i saw actually so i don't think we're covering it today so i saw something about gta the new gta game coming out that there's they're building out a cryptocurrency ecosystem within gta so that's going to be huge if rockstar comes out with uh with that built in it's going to be massive that is very cool, Mario. And staying centered on the regulation conversation, that's exactly what we have for you guys here. We're going to show you a video of Brian Armstrong talking about the appropriate regulation that's going to take place as implement as stablecoins collapse. They're going to create a better environment for this market. We're going to let this thing play and get some comments. I think, you know, coming back to your question about what's the temperature in Washington around these things, what I would say is, Stable coins are actually the tip of the spear on crypto regulation, and it's the one area where I think there is weirdly a really strong bipartisan consensus. I mean, there's not a lot of that in the world today, so man, bipartisan consensus on anything is a good thing. So I know the audio is a little bit tough there, but what he's saying is that both the left and the right, well, they agree that stable coins need to be regulated, and that's what they're working on right now getting us a better environment for regular retail investors to not get screwed over like what happened in the Terra collapse. Johnny Crypto, quick thoughts on regulation and Brian Armstrong saying that stablecoins, well, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I mean, he's right. But, you know, I went back and I looked up the regulation. Abs, can you pull that chart up for a second that you just showed? Because it shows here that the internet regulation happened in 96. So take a look at that chart. So it happened in 96, but the big boom you know, it took a good 10 years, you know, or so to really see some serious appreciation in 20. So the, the point is, guys, don't think that <clears throat> what I don't want people to think is we're going to get regulation today and we're going to get a monster bull market tomorrow. It's not going to work that way. You saw here we got regulation in 96 and it really, you know, 
From there on, it started increasingly upward for the next 20 or 30 years. I would expect a very, very similar trend to occur that if we get regulation next year, that'll be like, okay, the stake in the ground. And then over the next 20 years, you know, you're going to want to stay invested. Now, I want to say this to everybody out there. Just because we're telling you regulation is coming and the thing the market's going to take off, okay, it might. But don't think every single coin is. the major- A lot of things failed in 2000 when the internet bubble happened and crashed and a lot of things went away. And then the ones that survived, they became huge, right? So you're going to want to look to see when regulation happens. You're going to look to see what's crashing. You get out of it and you try to get into stuff that then survived. And even though it might feel like, oh, my God, it's so high. No, it's not. Look at the freaking chart. It's just the beginning. It's going to kind of continue to go on upward there. So I just want to say that. And the last thing, because I see in the comment, and I think it was Mr. Wright, somebody said this many times, you keep talking about regulation is only good if it's uh, good regulation, if it doesn't require accredited investors. Okay, I'm not hearing stuff about accredited investors. What I'm hearing is KYC. They're going to come. They're going to bring KYC. That's going to happen, guys. Don't, don't, you can't cry about it. It's going to happen. They're going to want to know who the customer is because they need to tax you. So it's going to happen. Now, whether you're a credit or not, that has nothing to do with regulation. That's just a law that already exists as to whether or not you can invest in certain things. I don't think they're going to ban us from saying you can't invest in cryptocurrencies. They're just going to say, if you want to invest in it, you got to, we need to know who you are. So I don't know if you guys have a different take. I'd love to hear from Gonzo because I know you're kind of close to this. Are you hearing anything in regulation that it's going to be you can only invest if you're an accredited investor? Are you hearing any? I haven't heard that. Are you guys hearing well, that? Well, first of all, I, I just wanted to add that um, Raul Paul talks about this all the time, right? The adoption of blockchain is happening faster than the internet happened. So you can expect that um, when we do get regulation, I think that we're going to adopt blockchain faster. Um, and so that could be a little bit more condensed. But like Johnny says, it's not going to happen overnight. No. Um, and, and yeah, from that that credit investor thing ha- has come up it came up with the whole earning thing but i think that's just something that the sec threw on those guys um but I-, I think the biggest thing with regulation because it's all about taxes and it's all about uncle sam getting his money exactly. is kyc that that that's what that that's what everything is going to become <laughs> um it's uh, it's going to be all regulation um under kyc that'll be one big part of it um I haven't heard anything that that that's leaned them towards um, what I read in that bill. There was nothing really leaning towards accredited investor kind of talk. Uh, there was even some talk about reforming that law um, in, in the next few years. So we'll see how that goes. But um, everything that was in that bill was surrounding taxes and surrounding KYC. So I think you're right, Johnny. Mario, before you jump in here, I just want to make a comment. Dillip, you always hold me accountable. It is Brian Brooks from the OC, not Brian Armstrong from Coinbase. That was a Fruidian slip, but Mario, the floor is yours. Yeah, I just wanted to add that I think that chart will decouple, and I'll I'll, I'll explain why. I think when the internet was, was taking place, the internet adoption was taking place, the infrastructure was being built. So the internet infrastructure was being built. People needed to have a computer in order to access the internet. In order to access crypto, what do you need? You need a phone or a computer or a tablet, and most people already have that these days. So I think at some point, as soon as we get a little bit of clarity from from governments and and the adoption takes place, I think we will see a massive decouple on that chart and we'll see the adoption just being faster for that reason, for the fact that people already have their devices, people already have the ability to participate in the crypto markets as as opposed to back then with the internet, it was different. People needed to buy a computer, computers were extremely expensive, you couldn't really 
you couldn't really afford to have a, a, a device that would allow you to connect to the internet. And I think that now is different. It's way more accessible. Everyone already has, or most people already have computers and cell phones. So the adoption can take place a lot, a lot quicker. Hey, Mario, I 100% agree. The only thing is in when you think decoupling, are you thinking like, so that chart took a 20 year thing, right? I don't want our, our people walking away saying, oh, in six months is going to happen. What are you thinking? No. Does it cut that chart in half? Does it cut it by a quarter? What do you think, you know, if it decoupled, what would it look like in your opinion? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I just think that it will be quicker, but I mean, obviously not within the next year, not yeah, within right. the next six yeah. months, but we could potentially see like throughout the next five years, five to 10 years, we'll see that adoption curve just, just exponentially grow as opposed to the 20 years that it took for the internet. Yeah, I could agree with that totally. I actually believe you're spot on. I think you're right. Totally agree. And we're going to show our listeners right now a clip from Gary Gensler, not only talking about the future of regulation within the United States, well, he's talking about the commodities that exist within this market today, and he's only admitting to one, but it is very important. We'll let this clip play and get comments from the group, starting with Gonzo. Crypto financial assets uh, have the key attributes of a security. So some of them, they're under the Securities and Exchange Commission. Some, like Bitcoin, and that's the only one. Jim, I'm going to say, uh, because I'm not going to talk about any one of these tokens, but sure, uh, my predecessors and others have said they're, they're a commodity. Working together, there's two great market regulators in this country. I had the honor to chair the CFTC, a terrific agency. Two great market makers, two phenomenal market makers, and two historic market makers. Gary Gensler is going to control this thing, whether we like it or not. But what he did admit in this clip is that Bitcoin well, that's the only commodity that exists in the market today. Gonzo, do you believe that to be the case or will there be other cryptocurrencies that they label as commodities? No, definitely. There's going to be other cryptos that they label commodities, right? Um, I, uh, I think it's Gillibrand. I can't think of the other senator. But when they, I saw the interviews of them talking and I read uh, what I read about the bill, they Loomis. are now, now Loomis. And I don't know if that was a mess up or not, but they already called Ethereum a commodity. They said Bitcoin and Ethereum were a commodity, right? Um and I don't know if he got spanked or what, but do you notice how he softened up a little bit? Like now Bitcoin's a commodity, right? Pretty before everything was a security, right? Yeah. And it's almost like these senators have now come out with a new bill that's crypto friendly, right? Uh, the, these other senators and congressmen are jumping on the crypto bandwagon because we're getting close to that election year, right? And they're starting to see that, hey, this crypto thing is not going away. More and more people are adopting it. And if they want votes, they have to be crypto friendly, right? That's what it all comes down to. And so in the end, they want to be the ones that say, hey, I saved crypto or I brought in good regulation on crypto, right? For their after career or so they can continue to get voted in. But that's the one thing that I took away from the video is I don't know if he got talked to or spanked, but he's definitely starting to kind of soften up and move a little bit backwards now about everything is a security. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Well, he couldn't have get any more stern within this market. Johnny Crypto, we are going to kick it to you for comments, but I have a clip I want to show our listeners from a former SEC official talking about how the SEC typically goes about these cases and comparing it to the Ripple case today. So we're going to show this last clip, and then we'll hear from Johnny Crypto. Um, the SEC has on occasion required settling defendants to make admissions, but by and large, most SEC settlements involve the defendant not admitting to violations of the federal securities laws. That doesn't help you much reputationally once the SEC has filed a lawsuit in federal court and made this public display alleging that you've violated the federal securities laws. And I think the point, I haven't read the post you referred to, but I think the point being made there was if you settle a case, even if you don't admit the SEC's allegations, 
what the world sees is the SEC's complaint making those allegations. There's no retraction of those allegations. And there's a federal court order imposing sanctions on you as a result of those allegations. So reputationally, uh, you know, you're right. The SEC would never sort of retract what it said. The only way to get the SEC to acknowledge that its legal opinion is incorrect is to win and get the judge to adopt your legal arguments. So what gets me a little bit concerned there, Johnny, is that it seems like this thing's going to have to go all the way to the end if we're going to get what we want from XRP. And I think Ripple's known that the entire time. Supposedly, they were offered a settlement in November. They denied that. Supposedly, they were offered a settlement in January, and they denied that. But again, we're going to have to fight this thing through and see how it plays out before we actually understand how this market's going to evolve. And right now, well, Ripple's being slandered, but why don't you take us home here, Johnny? Well, first of all, it wouldn't be a GMC show if we didn't have that lion snake rat weasel Gary on it. And uh, and I would go take it a step further. I wouldn't say Gary got spanked. I would say that uh, I think <laughs> Congress is starting to clip his Paulines. I'll say it in Italian for those of you. Go figure that out. That's your homework for tomorrow. Come back and tell me what that means. But his Paulines are being squeezed, and he's like, oh, maybe I better step back a bit. And we're definitely seeing that. He's like, oh, okay, I'll work with the CFTC. We should work together now. So they, they squeezed them. But, um, you know, in terms of this article, he's spot on. The guy's right. The SEC always wins. They have the high seat. They have the high ground here in any case. And they basically, here's what's happening, in my opinion, behind the scenes. It's just a payoff. This is a payoff. That's all it is. Because they come after you. They don't make you admit guilt. They never finish the case. They never go to the end. And you end up paying a shit ton of money. And then you just get to go about your way. And then the SEC walks away saying, hey, look, we, we find them. For this amount of money, but it doesn't mean anything because it doesn't set precedent, it doesn't set law because no case was solved. Oh shit, I didn't realize we were out of time. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll wait to see what happens. But Amazing. <laughs> Amazing, Johnny Crypto. And we're going to start to close this thing off the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to the Note Defender. 260 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button and join us on Wednesday as Waters Above will be joining our podcast. So it's going to be a very exciting episode and we'll close this thing off the same way we always do. Warriors, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.